Okay. What instruments do you play? Um, mainly drums and percussion. Mostly drum set, but I did play symphonic yeah. percussion, marching band stuff, all the, the various uh, instruments of percussion during my education years. Um, I played quite a bit of piano in college, but unfortunately that's kind of slipped away. <laughs> I don't play the piano very much anymore, and I don't play it very well anymore. Um, also, when I was a music teacher, before I taught here, I um, used the guitar a lot. I found the guitar to be a better classroom instrument for me because mm -hmm. you're not like behind this huge wooden thing. Yeah. I mean, you feel like you're behind a wall when you're playing piano with students sitting on the floor. So I like sitting in a circle with them with a the guitar. So I, I do play guitar just kind of in a classroom, you know, campfire guitar kind of way. I'm not like yeah. a good guitar player. But I also sing. I've sung in choirs and I sing in bands that I play in today. So I would say my main modes of music are drum set really I mean I would say percussion but really I mostly play drum set and then um voice yeah um so what group do you play with or um well that's a complicated question when people ask me that I always say that I'm a freelance percussionist okay. <laughs> because I do a lot of different things um I play with some bands that play in town a lot one of them is called 10 years gone and if I might throw this in there um that band has been voted best band in Helena four years in a row oh, in the cool. Helena IR polls so that's kind of cool for us um, so I play in that band probably the most. I play in a um, rock band called the Justin Case Band, which I helped to form, which is really cool. And in that band, I sing a lot more. So that one's really cool for me. It's a totally different thing than 10 Years Gone, even though they're both rock bands. Um, I play in a few jazz trios and quartets. Um, one of them is called the Marchador Four, which is uh, Marchador is a Brazilian horse. And it's Brazilian, a lot of it's Brazilian music, but it's Brazilian and Latin jazz music, which is a super cool band. I play in a band called the Vanguard Jazz Quartet, which is the band I've been in the longest in my life. It's been like 12 or 13 years that this band has existed. Um, that band is that we've been on TV and done some really cool stuff. Um, I play with this gentleman named Wilbur Raymond, and we there's like the Wilbur Raymond Quartet or the Wilbur Raymond Quintet or whatever, just depending on how many people play. But I play with Wilbur quite a bit. That's jazz music. Um, I play in another jazz trio with some friends of mine called Jazz Biz, which is, uh, that was a band we didn't have a name for, and we needed a name to play these gigs that we were playing, and my buddy's email address was jazzbiz at yahoo, so I said, hey, let's just use your email address as our name, <laughs> then we already have an email address for the band, so that's how Jazz Biz came about. Um, I do play with some other groups, too. Um, I play with a guy in town whose name is David Casey. He's an old friend of mine from, actually, from kindergarten. I've known him my whole life, and uh, in, interestingly, his dad and my dad used to play music together. But he writes his own music, and I've recorded some albums for him in the studio, and we go out and play. I'm actually playing with him next week. Um, so David Casey and his wife Deidre Casey, they have a, sometimes they play just the two of them, but sometimes they play as a band, and when they do, I play drums with them. And that's really cool because it's original music. I didn't write the music, but I'm creating parts to go with the music that he wrote, which is a whole different things so yeah. that's pretty cool but I do other stuff some pe sometimes people come touring through town and need to hire a drummer and they'll like send me the sheet music on PDFs and I print out all the stuff and go and read this music and play at the Civic Center or something and play these concerts which is really it's a lot of pressure but it's super fun so I like walk out on stage and I just met the guy right then and then we play a concert which is super fun yeah. so freelance is my best answer because I do a lot of different things so how do people like the people that are coming in how do they like find you or like know people who want musicians like people like you're like other bandmates or like people that are like coming in and are like oh we need a drummer to play with this oh like, so how, how do really people fine? find other people to play with yeah that is um definitely in my life that has been a word of mouth thing always i know that people hang up the sign like drummer wanted and pull yeah. out the little phone number i've never done that um i've never responded to one of those nor have i ever hung one up 
Um, it's always been somebody knows somebody who plays with somebody and their drummer moved away or their drummer got abducted by aliens <laughs> or whatever. Um, for example, um, about a year ago, there's a band in Bozeman who's an incredible band. They're called Paige and the People's Band. And Paige is the leader of the band. She's the singer. I actually met her um, in a recording studio session that I did here in Helena. I was singing background vocals on this thing, which is odd because I usually go to the studio as a drummer. But I was playing drums on this project we were doing, but they wanted us to sing. And she was brought in as a singer as well. So I met her then, but I didn't know anything about her band or whatever. Anyway, the drummer of their band, who happens to be her brother, uh, had some sort of work conflict that they already had this concert booked here in Helena. And they had like 10 days. It was like 10 days out. There was no time. And I had to learn like 36 songs or something oh, God. in 10 days in order to play them. But they had contacted a drummer whom I only know via Facebook in Bozeman to see if he could play it. His name's Adam. He couldn't do it. But he said, I know this drummer guy in Helena. I don't even think I've ever met this guy in person. I don't think I have. But we have mutual friends on Facebook and things. And so it was so weird how that all came together. But the, the concert, and it was super fun and awesome. I loved it. We did one rehearsal and then the concert. But that type of thing happens a lot. And the musician scene in Helena, I really like the way it works here because everybody's friends with everybody. There's so many things that happen where somebody will say, hey, can your band play at my event? And we'll say, no, we can't because we're busy, but I know this guy who's in this other band, maybe they could play it. So we pass work around to one another and everybody's friends. Yeah. It's not like competition. It's at least not in my experience. It's not competition. It's more like helping each other out. Yeah. And you'll say, oh, well, you want country music? Well, we don't really do a lot of that, but these guys do. And so it's really cool that way. But um, that's, how, that's how it happens. When I joined the 10 Years Gone band, they had already had another drummer that was leaving for some reason. And one of the guys who was in the band at the time was playing with another guy whom I had played with those three as a trio. So the bass player of the band, this guy's name was Kirk, was playing with this other guy and they got me to play drums on that, some recordings and some, not recordings, excuse me, some live dates that they did. And then the 10 Years Gone drummer was leaving and so Kirk, the bass player, said, hey, I know this other guy that I played with, we should have him come play with us. That's the kind of thing that happens, at least in my world. Yeah. But I do see people hang up to signs, so that must work. I've yeah. just never done it. I've been around here a long time. I mean, I grew up here, so yeah. I know a lot of people. And so I think I have, I think I'm kind of lucky in that way that I know the scene and the people. Yeah. And also you teach, or I know you taught like Ethan and Augie drums. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't think that's the way I've gotten musical work. I think that's how I've gotten teaching work though. Yeah. People see me play and they go, oh, do you give drum lessons? Cause my son, that happens to me a lot still, even though I'm not really teaching drum lessons anymore. Cause frankly, I'm just su super, super busy. Yeah. I played four nights in a row last week and I played three nights in a row the week before that. Sometimes one time I played... This summer, I played eight nights out of ten the first part of July. In, in a ten-day span, eight of them I was playing on stage somewhere, and it was in like four or five different towns. So sometimes I'm really busy. I just can't take yeah. on the responsibility of teaching lessons because what I was finding the last few years that I did that, I was just canceling them all the time. I'd be like, oh, I can't teach next week, and then I can only teach on Tuesday the week after that, and then the week after that I can only teach on Wednesday. I mean, I was constantly doing that to people, which really isn't very nice. Yeah. And so I finally was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm taking a break and so far this is my second school year of not teaching lessons and I do miss it at times but I'm really busy yeah. and my kids are busy so I'm always doing things but um yeah but so that's how I get people to take music lessons as they'd see me play but I don't think it's ever worked the other way okay not that I can think of um so how old were you when you started playing I was 14 and uh I was in high school how old are you are you 15 I'm 16 you're 16 I was 14 
And um, I was in high school and I don't know, it just kind of, my dad knew a guy named Carrie. Um, Carrie Brown was my drum teacher and Carrie passed away a few years ago. And um, he was awesome. He was a great drum teacher and he was really fun to be with and I really enjoyed I learned a lot from him and I really just really liked him. I, and he became a part of my world because we played in the symphony together. Or I mean, I just kept running into him all the time, all the time as I was playing. You know, he'd be there or I don't know, it was just cool. We had this like long time connection for like 20 or more year, more than 20 years before he passed away, which was incredible. And um, yeah, I was 14. I got my first drum set on 9989. That's why I can remember that because it's 9989. That was the day I bought my first set of drums at Clark Music, which no longer exists. They went out of business. Um, and I just celebrated, I call it my 30-year drum anniversary on September 9th. So I've been playing for 30 years, which is kind of weird. Yeah. So I started taking lessons when I was 14, and then I got into school band. I actually joined school band my junior year, which is really weird. Yeah. Most people join school band in middle school. So I was way behind, but, you know catch up I was actually a section leader my senior year oh, so that was kind of cool because I, I was one of those like nuts so practice all the time people yeah okay so who's the most influential person for like you in music that's like affected you that's a really hard question do you mean like players that I admire or do you mean like people that I know personally people that you know personally people I know personally well Carrie Brown yeah. <clears throat> um was awesome and I he said something that I always said to my own students which I thought was such a an astute statement he said I'm not here to teach you to play drums I'm here to teach you how to teach you how to play drums in other words yeah I can teach you how to play this song but really let's talk about how to listen to music and how to incorporate like how to figure out what's happening and then incorporate it into your own playing like how do you get it I can teach you every single song but you know I can't teach you every single song you're gonna play in your whole life so I really liked that approach. I also went to college and studied music there and had some um, good percussion professors. But unfortunately, I think I was there just at the wrong time where I was there and this guy named uh, Dr. Moore was my teacher. I think he was my teacher for two years. Then he left and went to a different school. And then we had this gentleman named um, Mr. Vic, whom I still know. He's still my friend today. And he was great. But we had him for a year or two. And then we had another guy named Dean. I mean, it was just like constantly changing. So it didn't really... None of those people became super influential to me because they weren't there very long. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, but another person that I'll say was an influence to me who was not a drum player is my friend Ken. Ken Nelson is his name. He is um, like a locally famous musician. He plays keyboard and piano really, really, really super well. He plays guitar really, really, really well. He plays bass like super well. He also plays trumpet. He also owns a recording studio business. He's yeah. in a ton of bands. I mean, he's just like a great all around like Swiss Army Knife musician. He can kind of do everything. And I started playing jazz with him. I didn't really know much about playing jazz when I started playing with him. I've known him my whole life too because he used to play with my dad as well. And um, I would say he's been a huge influence on me because he like totally knows all this music that he would want to play or we would want to play together and I'd find out about these recordings and I'd listen to these. I mean, I just learned so much, even though he doesn't play drums, it's like one of the few things he doesn't play. I've just learned a ton from playing with that guy over the years. And actually I used to play with his dad too. His dad was also a regionally famous person named Blackie Nelson. Blackie passed away this year at age 93. He played guitar for like, seriously, like, like more than 80 years. He's, it's incredible. Um, he was an incredible, incredible musician, and I just learned a ton from playing with these guys because they were, you know, experienced like the seasoned pros 
So I learned a lot, even though neither of them played drums, I would list them as huge influences because of all the music that I was exposed to playing with them, or just mild recommendations of things to do or play. And I just, I learned a lot. So I would list those guys as well. Okay. Um, um, like my, most musicians or like people that play instruments, they kind of quit after college. Or like during college, like so, what inspired you to like keep playing? And you're saying that you think most people do quit yeah. after college, or like why they, do you? Say, I'm curious why you I say that. I don't know if they like quit. They like, but they don't like take it don't up. Pursue it. Yeah, they're not like, oh, I'm gonna go like. That's an interesting comment. Do you now? Do you have data on that? Like, is that true, or do you, is it just something you think? I just it's something I've like noticed with like noticed. different people. I, I would know. be curious about that. Now, I, I I can answer part of that. I know this. I've known lots of people who've gone this route. Let's say you play the oboe. When you leave the educational world, like high school for sure, but maybe college. Maybe you'll play oboe in college. But after college, what are you going to do with the oboe? Like you're not going to go to the Lewis and Clark Brewery, where I play a lot, and play the oboe, right? Because it's not one of those instruments. It's a symphonic instrument. So your choice is the symphony, which is great. But there aren't very many oboists in the symphony. And the ones that are there are super good. So... It's kind of like you're either the top one or two in your region and play in the symphony, or you don't. And that kind of is it in some cases. So um, one answer to your question is I play drums. Well, drums are present in, I would say, almost all types of music. I could play in symphony and have. I could back up a choir and have. I could play jazz or rock or country or I could do all of those things and have. Yeah. One, one thing I haven't done, I've never played in an opera. I have played at Grand Street Theater a bunch too, doing live musical theater. Yeah. Were you a Grand Street kid? Um, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that you, you were. So I was while I was here. Cool. So, so you know what that's all about too. Yeah. So, so drums being a, in the same, I think, is true of piano, guitar, and bass. I think piano, guitar, bass, and drums, and of course the voice. But yeah. let's let's just talk instrumental. Piano, bass, and guitar, and drums are instruments that are present, like everywhere so that's part of the answer to your question is i play an instrument that's that's really viable that way where if you play a a more unusual instrument that's kind of sequestered to just the orchestral world you're kind of like you either pursue it on a very high level or you can't really dabble whereas i could just dabble if i wanted to a lot of people that play drums play drums at their church and that's all that they do i mean that's all that they do with their drumming which is fine um but another thing is i majored in this in college like this became almost out of nowhere became a huge huge part of my life from like zero to 60 you know yeah. like I mean what I meant by that I mean like speed limit I don't mean like age there what I mean is like you've heard that phrase like zero yeah. to 60 in five minutes or whatever but um yeah almost immediately it became a huge part of my life and the people I was hanging out with were musicians and we were making little bands and playing in the garage or the basement it just became really important to me so I think that's why too it became a huge part of my life yeah. where some people were like ah, I have a guitar I know these two songs that I really like and whatever. And Are they doing it for a requirement for school? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I know you have to take music in middle school, and so they might pick up some instrument, and they're like, ah, I play the flute, but I don't really like it. I hear that a lot from my students. They're like, yeah, my mom had a flute, and so I have to play the flute because we already had it, but I don't really like it. Well, that person's probably not going to take it up and keep going yeah. with it in their life because they don't have passion for it yet. No, my hope for them, someone like that, is that maybe they would find passion for it because they like it. Yeah. But um yeah, my both of my sisters took piano lessons and they didn't really stick with it. They kinda took it for a while and then they my parents sold the piano and that was it. Yeah. You know, they didn't really some people just aren't meant to do it, I guess. Yeah. Aiden was the only one of us that actually stuck with instrument music. What does he play? 
He played piano awesome. all throughout high school. Awesome. And then he just like got took the piano back down to Seattle and started back up again. Cool. Good for him. Whereas the rest of us did it for like two months. And did you like, have to? Did your parents make you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that I think the second part of your answer and probably the more important one is I just love it. I yeah. just want to do it. I, I can't even imagine not doing it, you know? So, um, so drums are your, like probably your favorite yeah, instrument to for play. Sure. Um, do you think they have like a different effect on like the crowd than like different instruments do? Yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's why a band, like you wouldn't see a band that's like 10 drummers. Yeah. There's, there's little niches and everybody, the, the, the metaphor we all use is it's a jigsaw puzzle and you have your spot, you know, and different, different types of music set that up differently. Like drums are really loud and prominent in rock music. But in folky music, it's, they're often kind of in the background and you're playing them with brushes or you're playing hand drums or something that's a little more tame. So yes, I do think so. The, the role the drums fulfill in the music that I typically play is, is kind of like generating excitement. And often people dance when they hear music. And so that's kind of the part of the role of the drums is to make the dance beat happen, you know, like to give a steady rhythm. Steady rhythms affect humans. I mean, it affects you physiologically, your brain and your heart rate. Those things can be affected by a steady pulse of rhythm and drummers who are good at doing that can make you feel a certain way which i think is fascinating science but it's it's true and you should look it up it's really cool so that's kind of the role but yeah definitely and in instruments some people really listen to the bass you know like the the like they love that like you'll hear a car go by and you can hear that low sound like some people really are into that low subwoofer sound and some people are into like the guitar player with the flashy shred solos we call it. you know there's just different niches and what people, I think the reason people like different music is because whether they know it or not, they're listening for a thing. Some people like country music, for example. I've heard lots of people tell me they like the stories. Like it's a it's a story and song. They like that story. You just smiled when I said that. That's you must why like I that. Like that. Right. Country so music. that's that's what you're listening for. So is country music better? It is if you're listening for a story. Some people like instrumental music. Like with jazz music, I prefer instrumental jazz music because I want to hear them show off and do their thing. I love it when I hear somebody go, whoa, what is that? Like, that was crazy. And I rewind it and listen to it again because I can't believe they just did that super cool thing. So to me, it's like that complexity or technicality that I love. And other people hear that and they're like, whoa, that's just noise to me. I don't like that. And that, that's, everybody's different. Yeah. That's why there isn't like, this is the best song. Because people listen to it for different things. Um, so do you think being from Montana has like affected your, like the way you play music and... Yeah, and in in seemingly disparate ways, too. Um, I used to think that I would be afforded less possibility to do what I do because we're in a small place, not a populous place. Like, you got to move to Austin, Texas or something, you know, like someplace big where there's a huge music scene. But I have friends that have done that, and I've learned something. I get to play three, four, five nights a week here if I want to, and I do. And I do do that. I play at weddings, and I play at, I've played at bar mitzvahs, and I've played at... I've played at funerals and I play at bars and restaurants and I mean, I do all kinds of stuff. What I discovered is when people, I have a friend who moved to New York and this guy is a killer, killer, killer musician. But here's the thing. There's a million killer musicians there. And I don't even say that figuratively. There probably are a million in New York. And so how do you even get to go play somewhere when people who are 10 times better than you are already lined up to do it? Like, I have another friend who went to L.A. This guy was a great songwriter. I played on a CD that he recorded. Jeez, I think it was in the 90s. Am I old? Yes, I'm old, Cammie. No, I think it might have been in 2000. Now I'm not old. Um, but he was going to go to L.A. and, you know, 
be a songwriter and stuff. And everybody's a songwriter there. That's what you do. You go to LA, you're a songwriter, so you go to LA. So he ended up working at Starbucks and not playing music because you can't, there's nowhere to play. Also in big places, they have this thing that's called pay to play. What that means is there are so many people that want to play at this venue that you have to rent the place out yourself. You, Cammy Wade, singer, have to rent the place out and then hopefully you sell enough tickets to make your money back. But that way the venue owner who owns it, they don't have to pay you. They're not paying you anything. You're paying them to use their space. Well, in Montana, I get paid to play music. I talk to people uh, in Facebook groups that I'm on or whatever, and they're amazed that I'm making money like three, four, five nights a week playing my music because they play once a month and they have to save up money to pay to do it, which kind of blows my mind. So here are the two sides of the coin. One, am I going to end up um, like famous rock star person from Helen, Montana? No, I'm totally not. That's not going to happen. But I play all the time and I make fairly decent money doing it. It's not awesome money. I'm not like Lady Gaga type of money, but it's pretty cool. I, make, I can make enough money to buy myself nice drums and stuff. And I'm playing all the time. So I, I think there's an accidental benefit to being in a small place. If you, and now I've had to do a lot of different things to make sure that I can play in these places. Like I have to play music that they want. I can't be like heavy metal, loud, growly singing band and then go play at a nice restaurant. It doesn't work that way. I have to provide a service that they want, but I can, and I can play it lots of times where other people in bigger places, there's so much competition that they can't do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would have never expected that to be the case. No, I wouldn't but it's, either. It's true though. It's fascinating. And that's exactly what's happened. And I have friends, another friend of mine, great musician, far better musician than me. He lives in Ohio. He hardly gets to play because again, it's such a big place for so many people. So everybody's playing and they're awesome, awesome, awesome bands. You just can't get into that, you know? Um, so do you think Montana has like a different culture with music than like the rest of the country does? No, I don't think so. I think a better answer would be rural populations have a different culture of music than urban populations. I would say that Montana is more of a rural place than an urban place. And I would say that we tend to swing toward classic rock and country music here. That's what people typically want. Whereas if you go to a more populous place, you might find like those heavy metal places or places where they have really a specific niche of music. Like, like it might be this place only has funk music. It's, it's the, the funk zone. I'm making that up. Let's say there's a restaurant bar and grill called the funk zone and they only have funk music. That doesn't really happen here because it's small. We don't have like all, there aren't like 400 restaurants in Helena that need to make their niche. You know, it's, it's smaller, but, um, I think the better answer is, I don't think the answer is Montana's different. I think it's we're rural, and rural is different than urban. Yeah. And the, the, the more businesses there are hiring live music to be played, the more diverse they have to be to be separate from one another, and therefore you get those niche markets. Whereas here we don't really have that. There's a ton of, like, rock bands, and I play in a bunch of them. And that's kind of what's happening here. There are a few country bands, also another thing that's happening here, and then there's just very little else. Whereas I think in, you know, if you were in L.A., it would be different. Yeah. But it's the population. It's not because it's Montana. It's because we have small towns here. So what style of music do you play the most? Rock cover band music. Cover band meaning, like, these are songs you would hear on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm fortunate in that I, I have two different groups that are doing that, and they're very different. We, on purpose, don't play songs that the other one plays. I won't say there are zero songs that both bands play because there are a few, but typically we won't do that because you want to have your own product, you know. 
And that way, when someone wants to hire you, they're like, oh, I want to hear this kind of music. Oh, this band does that. That's what you want. But the other thing I'm fortunate with, other than having two bands, which is great, um, both bands are pretty diverse. Like in one band, we play music that's literally popular right this minute. Like something will come out and we will learn it. Like in 2019, we have songs that came out in 2019 that we play. We also have songs that came out in the 1950s that we play. Not very many of those, but that band plays a handful of 70s songs and a handful of 80s songs and a handful of 90s songs. So there's this wide range. The other band that I play in this rock band is more of a classic rock thing. So we play more 70s and 80s music and nothing, nothing from 2019 or even 2010s really. But, um, but we get to play some stuff that I grew up listening to, like songs by the Eagles or Led Zeppelin or whatever that my parents liked. And I, st you know, I know that music. I love that music because it was part of my childhood. So I'm really lucky to get to do all that stuff. Yeah. So, like, what um, drew you to, like, playing that style versus, like, other styles? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I think part of it is that's, that's how you can play. I mean, if I... So I would love to play super complicated, like, hard-to-play music, which is something... Something like that is called prog rock or progressive rock. I love that music, like the band Rush maybe a band you've heard of. I love playing Rush music. And in fact, I have a little band project that we just hang out and play at my house while we play Rush music. But we're hoping to play that live at some point. But that's not something that's getting hired, really. Like, I could play that, and I do, at my house. But as far as like, hey, we want you to play, and we're going to pay you $2,000 to do it. Well, okay, let's go do that. And then I can go buy more drums. <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean? That's, I don't do it for the money and never have. But it's cool. It, it, gets you, it gives you a reason to go do it. Because you're going to play it in front of people, and they're going to love it. And then two of those people are getting married next year, and they're going to want to hire you because they heard you play over here, and it kind of grows. Um, so I think opportunity is my best answer to that. But um, I love playing jazz music because it's a challenge. Jazz music is really complicated, and there's a lot of knowledge you need to make that work. And it's something you learn and when you start to learn and realize how deep the well is it's fun to try to do that you know i'm never going to be like super all-star world-class jazz drummer but i've learned a lot and it's it's addictive learning is addictive like you want to know more now i know how to play this thing and i learned this cool lick and i just played it and it sounded awesome but this other guy did it this way which was way cooler and i'm going to try to figure out how he did that see so yeah. there's kind of this climbing up the ladder so that's the reason that i like to play jazz music is that piece okay um Oh gosh, I lost my place. Oh, who's the most influential person like in that style, in like the jazz style? Oh, like I love this drummer named Dave Weckl. Um, he's he's more of what you would call a fusion drummer. Fusion is, well, okay, the word fusion means to take things and put them together. But in the in the world of music, if you say fusion, what it, what it really is is rock music and jazz music, and sometimes there's like a funky element to it, but. It's typically kind of rocking. There's often like electric guitar and synthesizer and like rock music instruments. And the drums are kind of in a rock vein. But there's also a jazz component with that complexity. And that's Dave Weckl's thing. He's, he, to me, he's the finest drummer alive. He's amazing. This guy is incredible and awesome. And he can play anything. The guy's a beast. I totally want to be able to do all that stuff. Um, so I would say that in the jazz world, it's Dave Weckl. Um, but there are so, so, I mean, it's just like you're peeling the layers of the onion. There are yeah. so many incredible players and even players are like, ah, dude's okay. Somebody will go, we'll check out this album. You'll be like, oh my gosh, like that's incredible. I can't believe how cool that is. I mean, anything you get into, there's just, it's so much deeper than you originally thought, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that aspect of it. I love it. I just absolutely love it when somebody 
shows me music I didn't know about, and it just opens another door. And not only is it a door that I didn't have open, it's a door I didn't know existed. And I'm like, I've never even heard of this. And there's like hundreds of killer players doing this thing that I need to know about. So that that growth is super, super exciting. Yeah. Um, where's your like favorite place to play here? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I play a lot at the Silver Star State Company. I just played there on yeah. Sunday, which is why it's in my head. I love playing there. Um, it's fun. The staff is super fun and cool. It, I mean, so the interpersonal piece becomes a big deal with this, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not just up there, like, playing all by yourself. And people come there just, they turn the chairs around. And I mean, it's a restaurant, but people come to the back on Sundays on purpose to hear music. And they, like, listen. It's almost concert-like. I really like that. And you have to play really, really quiet there, which is fun for me because I, I used to hate that because it's hard to play drums quietly, but I've learned how to do it. And the band that I play there with, I play there with a few bands, but one that I'm thinking of, um, we all sing a lot in that band. And so you can really hear their voices well when it's really quiet like that. You yeah. don't need the microphones quite so much. Yeah. And it's a quieter environment, which makes you perform really well. I really like that place. I also like playing at this um, restaurant out in the valley called The Grub Steak. Yeah. I like that because it's a big room and so you can get a lot of people in there and it can be a huge party. Super, super, super exciting and fun. It's like a rock concert style when we play out there. Unfortunately, that room is, it's very big. It's very echoey. It's kind of like playing in a gymnasium or something. So it's kind of, the sound in there is kind of weird. So I don't, I don't love that part of it, but it's just really fun to be there. And um, the Lewis and Clark Brewing Company, there's an outdoor stage that's incredible. So playing outside, like in the summer, it's just really, really fun to play there. And there's lots of other places too, but those come to mind. Um, so how has being like a musician like affected like your life and like going? And, like... Um, well, I'm really busy. I'm really, 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 really busy because I work here. It's a 40 hour week, regular eight to five. Well, not really. Eight to four job, Monday through Friday. I work like full time here. And then I have another job that some weeks is another full time job. So I'm really busy and that's hard on my family. That's difficult. I have children. I have a wife. It's hard. And that's affected me, I think, in a negative way. I don't love being that busy. However, I need to have a job. Well, first of all, and you know this, I love this job. Yeah. I love, like, I, I love that I'm doing this interview with you, former student, who's now like an adult. <laughs> this is cool for me. I love this job. It's important. And I really like it. I, I, I think about it all the time. Like, I would not want, like, there are many different types of jobs in the world that I would definitely not want to do. This job is fun and cool and exciting, and I feel like I'm making a difference. It's important to me. I need to have it to pay the house payment and pay the bills, okay? So I have to have this job, but I want to play drums, okay? So I, so I don't want to give that up either. So how do I become less busy is the, is the question. I don't know because I, I have to do this because I need to, and I do love it, but I want to do that because it's my passion. So I can't give either of those things up. I can't not pay the house payment because I have to live there, and my family does, and they rely on this. But I want to play drums because I do it. So number one way it's affected me, I'm super, super, super busy. But it's busy doing things I love. Secondly, I have some really awesome musician friends. Awesome musician friends. People who are killer players and musicians that inspire me. But even better than that, they're like cool people and I get to hang out with them. Like think of the people you want to hang out with. Like if you want to go to a movie, 
I get to go be on stage with my people like that. That is awesome. And you've been at Grand Street, so it feels yeah. like that, I think. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, your Grand Street troop people are like your peeps, right? It's a common... You've already got a common interest, and you're working towards something together. I love that. I love it. So that's affected me because the people I hang out with are all my band friends. Like, when I... I was just right before I met with you today, texting with a friend about getting together. We're going to go to Broadwater and eat dinner and hang out with our wives. Well, we're band friends. Even the wife, she's a band friend because she plays saxophone in one of the bands that I play in. So the people I hang out with are my musician buddies. That's how it's affected me. And thirdly, now my kids are musicians and they come up on stage and play with us. So that is awesome. That's really cool. My daughter plays violin and we play some country music that has fiddle and she comes and plays with us. My son's a killer drummer. He's a middle school student and he plays some of our songs and I'll just go up and sing them and he plays the drums on them. So that is fun. It's really fun when they're both doing it. So when we play at weddings or places where, some places I go, it's like adults only, like it's, you know, places where they serve alcohol and things where kids can't go. But um, sometimes it's a wedding or a cabin party or something and they get to go and play. It's just so fun. So that's another way it's affected me. So a lot of like musicians I know, at least in like movies, talk about how like, um, like music will help them through like certain things in their life or like different like emotions they're feeling. Yeah. Do you have any like instances like that? I, I would assume that I've, I have lots of them, but I, I think I'd rather speak in general terms yeah. that it's a really great way to, you know that phrase about leaving leaving your problems at the door? Have you ever heard anyone say that? Yeah. Meaning like, okay, look, Kemi, I know that you got in a fight with so-and-so or your dog was bad this morning or something or your eggs fell on the floor and you're hungry, but now you need to focus on this math test. So you got to leave your problem at the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, music's a great way to do that because it really occupies your brain. It's hard. It's difficult, like especially in a performance setting where you have to kind of be on your game. So sometimes I'll be moody, like I'm tired. I've told you that I'm busy. I'm just like exhausted and I'm tired and I don't want to do this. And I just had to set up this super heavy drum set, which took me a whole bunch of time and I'm mad and I don't want to do it. And then I start playing and it's like, oh man, I love this song. The song is so cool. And my buddy just played this killer guitar solo and it was amazing. And I'm like, now I'm happy. And even though, like, okay, so here, picture this. I work here until 4 o'clock. I leave here. I go home. I get my drum set. They're heavy. All that stuff. Fill up the car. Drive somewhere. It's in the snow and cold, and I've got my coat on, and I have to load all that drum stuff into the place and put it on the stage and set it up, and it takes me an hour. And I'm like, man, I haven't even had a break. I've been up since 7 or whatever, and I have to be here till 1 a.m., which happens. You don't, Like, you don't want to do that. That's not what you want to do. But... You start doing it, and you love that music, and your friends are there, and then suddenly it's like, wow, this is awesome. So it's a definite mood-altering situation in a positive way. I can't think of any time that's happened to me in a negative way. Like, I, I was happy, and I went and played music, and then it was lame. That never happens, ever. It's just a mood thing. Playing music is fun. If playing music isn't fun, you probably shouldn't play music, I think. Yeah. I, I, everybody has an off day. I remember one time I was at Grand Street. I was so sick. I was so, so sick, but I had to be there. Like, there's the show, and all the people are relying on me. Like, you can't have a musical with five or 50 people in the cast and five musicians and the drummer not show up. So I had to play. I remember we had intermission, and I just laid on the floor. Like, I didn't even want to, like, stand up. But so sometimes you, you don't want to do it, but you still got to do it, and that's yeah. kind of lame. But in general, it's really a good mood thing. So that's the way I would answer that. Um. So what's the biggest, like, problem with music that you've, had, like, had to overcome? 
in my own performance or just is that more open-ended than that? Yeah, okay. open-ended. I think a problem that I have is that I would love I would love to be more creative in music. So when I was in college, I was in bands that would write music, write our own music. And at that time and in that place, I went to MSU, this was in Bozeman, and there were places that you could play original music. And we did. And I, I was on albums and we recorded CDs and sold them to people and we were play, being played on the radio. I got interviewed on the radio here in Helena, like an interviewer very much like this. Got interviewed on the radio in Bozeman and we would go around and play our music and sell CDs and we had t-shirts and the stickers and all that stuff. And like we were a real band. This was our music that we wrote together. I would love to be doing more of that. But right now... And things change, but currently, that's not really what's happening in our market here. Like, if I want to go play at these places I'm talking to you about, that's not what's going on there. Like, people want to dance to music that they're familiar with. People prefer music that they know. That's just what, that's just yeah. a kind of a life, a life fact. People want to hear music that they know. Like, oh, I love this song. That's what they want to feel like. And that's cool. I, re I respect that, and I do too. I like that too. So, a problem that I have is my musical situation, which I have created myself, over time, my musical situation is largely based on cover music. This is a music that so-and-so wrote, and I'm going to learn how to play it by listening to the recording, and then I'm going to go play it just like that, because people want to hear that just yeah. like that, because they love that Journey song. And I love the Journey song, too. Journey's one of my favorite bands. I love playing that music, and I love singing on that music. It's important to me. It's like a memory thing for me. I do love it, but in addition to doing that, I wish I were doing more of what I was doing in the 90s, which is... Dude, I have this cool song idea. Check this out. Wow, I really like that. Let's write some words and record it on a CD and sell it to people. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were doing. That's awesome. I was really proud of that, you know? And I wish I could do that more. And I mentioned playing with David, um, who, who is doing that himself. I'm creating parts for that, which is exciting for me, and I love that, and I really appreciate the opportunity. But it, they're his songs, you know? Yeah. So it's not covers because no one played drums on them before me. I am the drummer. It's my part. But it's on a song that's already constructed. I kind of want to be there like, here's my idea, you know? Yeah. Kind of like a peak project <laughs> where everybody has their idea. Yeah. If you showed up in your peak group and they're like, Cammy, here's my idea. You can put some stuff on it, but here's what it's going to be. Yeah. It's still your stuff, but it wasn't your idea. And so I, I really miss that creativity piece. I'm sure I'll find that. I'm sure I'll have that. Yeah. And I play in bands, especially in jazz groups, like you interpret the music. So you go, wow, okay, here's the thing. I really like this song called Solar by uh, Miles Davis. It's a really cool song. It's a really simple form. Form meaning like the sections. There's yeah. just three sections. They're really short. It's a 12-measure song. It's really short. Um, and then you, in jazz music, you play it multiple times because people play solos over the top of it. But I had this idea to like change the rhythmic structure of it so it's not a swing tune, which is what it was written as, but it's actually a cha-cha. A cha-cha is like a an Afro-Cuban, like a Latin thing, which is really cool. And it sounds like it's going to be weird, like... Well, that's not how the song goes. But when you hear it played that way, you're like, wow, that's super cool. I like yeah. that. So that's been exciting to me to be in situations where you take a song and interpret it. That's creative. It's not as creative as writing it, but it's like the second. Yeah. So I enjoy that. But that's that's a problem for me is I wish I had more of that. Um, um, what do you enjoy most about being a musician? I think I've already said this a bunch. Probably. Doing something that I'm proud of with yeah. my friends. Okay. That's what it is. That, that's, yeah. that's, and that's a really deep question, honestly, but I yeah. think about this a lot. That's why I'm able to spout off my answer. <laughs> Doing something I feel proud of with my friends. I don't want to play music that sucks, and I have played music that sucks. And what I mean by that is I've played it badly. I've done that. 
because you don't know this thing yet or you're just starting or whatever. But when I play something and I and I myself, whether someone else likes it or not, if I played it in a way that I think sounded good, then I'm like, yes, we nailed that. But it's not I nailed it. It's we nailed it. Like, high five, dude, we killed that song. Yeah. It's, I, w- I couldn't see myself being the... I'm super impressed when people go out, they've got their acoustic guitar, their piano, and they play solo. I think that's really cool. I have some friends that do that. I couldn't do that, mainly because I play drums. Like, drum solos are cool once, not for like two hours or four hours. Um, like, can you imagine going to see a four-hour drum solo concert? No, and I, I'm a drummer, and I wouldn't want to see that because it's not a song. It's not, you know, there's more that we need to be satisfied with music. But I do love... Um, playing with somebody else and like that high five moment of dude we totally failed that or did you hear what that guy did when that one thing and then you do that thing and then I did this thing and went with it and it was just super cool like those little moments yeah. I love talking about it after it was over and being like man in that one song you did the coolest thing oh I know like I heard this thing and I just it gave me an idea for a solo and I did this thing with it I just love that it's really exciting and that happens more in the jazz world yeah I hear these recordings of us playing and I listen back and I go, wow, like that was magic right there. Sometimes I go, oh, that wasn't magic at all. That happens too because jazz is a little riskier because you're improvising, you're making things up as you go. But I love hearing a recording or somebody will post a video on Facebook that I didn't even know was taken. I didn't know someone was taking a video and I see this video of bands playing and it's like that I'm in, you know, and I'm like, wow. Sometimes I go, that sounds incredible. That was really cool. Other times I go, oh, we're going to need to work on that. That song didn't quite pan out. But that high five, like, we killed that. That's what it is to me. Um, okay, so if you could change anything about, like, the music industry, what it, would it be? I can totally, totally, totally answer that. Um, the music industry, the way it works is, like, popular music sells, makes money, and so it's money-based. So when something becomes popular, like a trend in music then all of these other people want to do that same thing. So I don't know if you listen to music from the 1960s, but if you listen to music from the 1960s and you listen to Elvis Presley, and he was present in the 1950s as well, but Elvis Presley and the Beatles and the Beach Boys and the Mamas and the Papas and Simon and Garfunkel, like instantly, if I played you 10 seconds of any one of those, you would never confuse any one of those with any of the others. They were all totally original and different. Yeah. That is not true today. They, this music with all the computerized stuff, it just sounds so same. And there's a reason for that. People like it and they buy it and they spend money getting it. So then we're going to make more of it to make more money. So it's a money-based industry. And that's really sad to me because back in the day when, when radio was new, there was also a time when radio DJs would find music that they themselves liked and would play it. It wasn't like, we're the record company and we're going to have you play these songs. Here's the album and we're going to release this. Have you ever heard of the term release? Yeah. This is the album. It has 10 songs on it, but we're going to have you play that one. Yeah. Well, that does that work? So the entire world is playing Lady Gaga releases a new album and here's the first release of it. So they're all playing that one song. Well, what if I as a radio DJ really like the eighth song? But that one didn't get released. We don't play that one. Well, that that bothers me. Like, there was a more artistic time. And there was a time when musicians got together and created their style. And no one sounded anything like that at all. Like, not at all like that. Like, no one sounded like Simon and Garfunkel. At all. Just them. Only them. Only they sounded that way. I think that's really exciting and cool. And we've lost that. So that's the problem, is is the commercialization of the whole thing. It's really, it's sad. Like, we don't hear music today that's that's very well composed. 
a lot of music is really, really simplistic and repetitive. And secondly, we don't hear music today that's very different from other types of music. It's kind of the same thing a lot. And now we're resurging things that are from the 80s. Yeah. Music sounds like the 80s again, and it's kind of like, that music wasn't even all that great then. And now we're kind of like doing it again. It bothers me. Wish we had more diversity. Yeah. Um. So which, um, like, Montana and, like, Helena musician would you, like, want to collaborate with that you haven't yet? Oh, that I haven't yet? Yeah, I was just going to say I... I do. I play with all of, yeah. like, my favorite people, you know? Here's an interesting answer, a heartwarming answer. I would like to play more music with my brother. My brother and I used to be in a couple of bands together, but just over time, those, you know, projects come and go. That's just how music yeah. works. And we currently aren't playing together. Yeah. And I think that's sad. We're, like, almost the same age. We're not even two years apart. I met him, like, yeah. two years ago. He works at the Mitchell Building, and yeah. I work at the cafe there. Cool. Yeah. Um, he's a great musician. He's a good singer. He's funny and cool and fun to be with on stage. And I, I wish we were playing together, and we're not. Yeah. So that makes me sad. So that's my answer. And it's not for... It is for musical reasons, but not first. Yeah. It's first just because he's my brother. We should play together. Yeah. That's my answer. Um, um, is there any, like, hidden meanings in, like, any of the music that you, like, used to write? Like, did you, like, hide things? In oh, the- that's an interesting question. Um, if I take your meaning to mean in the words, then I'm yeah. going to say no. Not really. I mean, but but there were, I wrote a lot of lyrics in the music that I was a part of. I'm going to just talk about this one project because I've done a lot of different things at varying levels of my own involvement. Like, in some cases, I was, like, in the room writing the music. In many, many more cases than that, it's like, here's a song that's either all the way complete or pretty complete, but we need you to help us finish it out. That happens to me a lot even today. Let's talk about projects where it's just been, like, me and some other guys like writing music right now. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did write a lot of lyrics on the albums in the 90s that I played on that I was talking to you about. And I did choose for them to have like strong meanings, like not like the baby, baby love song music. Yeah. Like we never did any of that. But um, not really. But here's a different answer to that. I really like the intrigue of the music. I'm going to call it, this is going to sound boring, but I'll explain. Musical math. Like, um, you're in a certain meter signature and it's going to change to this other meter signature. Well, what if you divided that by a certain number and had these accent patterns in the music that are going to lead you there? Like, I love chart. It's almost like graph paper to me where you like, you know, the, the numbers and you're in, you're in six, eight time, but you're going to be moving to, let's say five, eight time. And so there's going to be beat. So what if you did a certain numbers in five, eight, while the other band, while the rest of the band's still in six, eight, and it's going to sound super choppy and weird until it resolves and everyone lands there together. And then suddenly it's going to be like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, I love that stuff. I love the math of it all. There's one little passage I was thinking of that I wrote for a song that we did where the guitar player was playing this steady pattern in one meter and the bass player is playing another pattern in a different meter one of them's in four, four, and one of them's in three, four time. And so this, the first measure sounded right until the end, but the second measure was off by a beat. The third measure was off by two beats, and the fourth measure was the same as when you had started. Um, I played on the drum set in both meters. I had to write it out because I couldn't wrap my brain around it until I saw it on paper. But my right hand was playing. I can't remember which one, which one of them it was. Anyway, my right hand was playing one of those, and the the my feet were playing the other at the same time. So I had to figure out each individual section. Yeah. But when you hear it all put together, it's like, to me, the math piece of that is so cool. So that's him. Like, somebody who's not a musician would listen to it and go, well, that sounds cool. And then it gets weird for a minute, and then it comes back to cool. 
or whatever. But to me, it's like, that is awesome. Two completely separate things yeah. are being played by two different people. But the dude in the middle, the drummer, is doing both of the things. I love stuff like that. So that's, I think that's a hidden meaning, being the math. Yeah. And there's this band called Dream Theater. And please check it out because this music is really different than anything you've probably ever heard, I'm assuming. Yeah. And they do all kinds of stuff like that. Here's an example, another one, way more developed than the example I gave you of my own. This drummer, Mike Mangini, the article that he wrote about this was like pages and pages long of them describing just this one section of this song, but it was <clears throat> all these really complex changing meter signatures, like they have a measure of 4-4 four, four time, and a measure of 3-8, and a measure of 15-16, whatever. But he took the entire section as a whole and figured out that it had 49 eighth notes. 49 eighth notes, all adding all this stuff up together. So he's playing this pattern along with the pattern that the, that the guitar player wrote for it. But the last time through, he hits his snare drum every seventh beat. So he's divided 49 into seven sevenths, if you will. Yeah. And it sounds super, super weird. Like, why is, why is that happening? But you can tell it's a repeating thing. But the answer is, it's a seventh of the seven. That's like seven times seven is 49. It's just a fascinating way to put that together. Even I, as a drummer, would not know he did that except for that he told me in that article. Yeah. And now I'm like, that is awesome. So it's hidden. So here's my answer. Um, so what is it like to have, like, not, I don't, like, fans kind of, like, people watching. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you interact with them, like, after you're done playing? or? I, I, when I see people, and, and bands that I play, I, I hesitate to use the word fans because yeah, that seems, I don't, like, braggy. But there are to, people that come yeah. see us play. I feel like I need to thank them and, like, interact with them. Like, they came to see my band play, so I feel like I have to be like, dude, thanks for coming. I really appreciate that. Especially when they're there all the time. Like, I see them every time. Sometimes I introduce myself. Sometimes I just thank them. Some of the bands I'm in sell stuff like T-shirts and stickers, and they wear them, and I'm always like, hey, cool, sure, thanks for wearing that. So I feel like it's my job to be appreciative. Yeah. Um, sometimes, this is pretty rare, honestly, but sometimes um, bands, like, people want your autograph or whatever, and I think the way to be about that is just really humble and thankful, because yeah. you really are thankful, like, I get to do my favorite thing, and you're going to pay me to do my favorite thing. That's almost unfair, like, <laughs> I love doing this so much, and you're going to pay me to do it, too. Yeah. That's awesome. So I just feel thankful. It's like, thank you so much for coming, you know. I hope that everybody who comes and sees bands that I'm in, or any bands play, I hope they feel appreciated for being there, you know. Yeah. That's the answer. Okay, so that's all my questions. Awesome, Kenny. Thank you.